Galatians chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 12 through to verse 20, and then I'm going to jump across chapter 5, verses um, 7 to 15. Just a little bit of context so we can, we can hear the passage well. Uh, John Valentine, who spoke last week, he um, had a, a long passage, pretty much the whole of chapter 3 and 4, where Paul's laying out his, his argument for his persuasion of these Galatian Christians to, to keep going in the spirit, don't rely back on Jewish tradition and uh, the trappings of the law. So that, that's a sort of theological argument. And then alongside that, every now and then, he breaks into the argument to kind of plead with the Galatians. It, it's something of that pleading, of that, of that heart of Paul that uh, I want to try and capture. Well, I think it's in the text. I want to try and bring it out and, and see what we make of that this evening. So here we are, verse 12 of chapter 4. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You've done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy? by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It's fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I'm with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I'm perplexed about you. Verse seven of chapter five. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will have to pay the penalty, whoever that may be. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. And as for those agitators, I wish they'd go a whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. Or you will be destroyed by each other. Dear Father, we thank you for the gift of scripture, your inspired writing through the ages by your spirit, teaching our hearts, our minds, shaping our will and our resolve, releasing us by the truth and the power of the word to live lives worthy of your name. So speak to us this evening, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, when I was at school, I wasn't great at languages, uh, to be honest, and um, 
so uh, my French teacher, there, there were several teachers that taught French, and, but the, the kind of set that I was in, I had a French teacher who, she was a young woman, um, and she came from, she was French by origin, um, and she only ever spoke French to us. We used to swap notes with the other guys who had other teachers, and, and we'd say, you know, your French teacher, so he just comes in and says, yeah, get your books out, turn to page 26 or whatever. But she, was, she would all say, bonjour, prenez vos libre. <laughs> See, I wasn't any good at French. Tournez ta page 26. Um, but she said it in fluent French. She just spoke about everything, not, not just the content of the lesson, all the admin, all the stuff she was telling us off, everything. And she would only listen to us or only take us in if we spoke French to her or attempted to speak French. So if we tried to speak English, every now and then, we, I mean, we were kind of sassy teenage boys. Everyone would go, come on, miss, we know you can speak English. You wouldn't be working in this school if you couldn't speak English. And she said, no, 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 no. She, she made out that she spoke French everywhere, even in the staff room, and somehow the head teacher understood it. Yeah, right. As if we buy that one. But it, when we spoke in English to her, she just blanked us. She just refused to, to, to pay any attention. She would only pay attention if we spoke in French or attempted to speak in French. And, and I get it. Her, her thing was she was... You know, she wanted us to, to not, just, you know, not just tick the boxes and pass an exam. She wanted that. But it was, she had a bigger vision. She, she, she wanted us to think in French, to become French, um, so that we just automatically passed the exam. Our French teacher only ever spoke French, except one day. And for some reason, I don't know what it was, it was uh, our exam was drawing near. Uh, it was probably, I think it was only sort of weeks away, and for some reason we had all done really badly in a, in a sort of fairly significant mock test. We'd all done really badly. And when we entered the class, she sat down, and she spoke to us in English. And she said, class, this is not good enough. And we were so taken by the fact that our French teacher, who only ever spoke French, was speaking to us in English. She changed her tone. She changed her language. She clearly, I mean, it's, it's, it's stayed with me ever since. I just remember that moment. Wow. This is a, this is a new moment. She's serious. She really wants us to understand because she's giving up the French bit in order to speak our language so that we fully understand her. I went, I went back um, sort of a few days after, a few years after I'd left school. I went by the had a sort of open day or whatever, and she was still there. And uh, I said, oh, hi, Monsieur. And she said, and of course, she spoke in perfect. And once we left, you know, all, all bets were off. So she spoke in perfect English. I was really struck. She had such a good English accent, like, and her intonation, everything. It was perfect. You wouldn't have known she was French. Um, and, and what came across in that conversation was just how much she cared about us. I, I realized retrospectively that the, the, the French bit, but then the speaking in English, because she genuinely wanted us to excel in everything French, including particularly uh, the focus of all our attention at that time, the French exam. She pleaded with us. It was as if she was saying, you know, my dear children, you mean and your success means this much to me. And I'm reminded of it when I read, read this passage here, Galatians 4, verse 12. I plead with you, brothers and sisters. He's, uh, he was clearly ill when he went to, to Galatia. And they, they looked after him. They didn't say, oh gosh, I've got poor, we've got to look after him. 
you know, they went the extra mile. They, they loved him because he'd shared the gospel of life with them and there was nothing could be too much trouble. And, and, and now they're kind of withdrawing from him, they're distancing from him because they're like, oh, we should be doing this other stuff. These other guys are saying we're not proper Christians unless. And Paul, hey, 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 what's going on? What's happened to your joy, verse 15? I can testify, it's a kind of idiom here. If you could, you would have torn your eyes out. In other words, you'd have done anything for me. Have I now become your enemy, telling you the truth? My dear children, verse 19, my dear children, for whom I'm again in the pains of childbirth, the, the kind of inner torment. I'm in anguish until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone. He, in chapter 3, verse 1, he's chastising them. You foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you? We saw in chapter 5 and verse 12, as for those agitators, the, 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 the people who come in trying to knock them off track, I wish they'd go the whole way, never mind circumcision, cut the whole lot off. I mean, it's basically what he's saying. <laughs> he's angry, really frustrated, and he's anguished for them. How I wish I could be with you now to change my tone. Chapter 4, verse 20. What fuels this desire in Paul for these Galatians Christians? I want to suggest it's that little phrase in uh, verse 19 of chapter 4. It's, it's a little phrase here and elsewhere in his other letters. It comes through. It's, it's core to Paul's ministry vision with people, if you like, his one-on-ones until Christ is formed in you. My dear children, for whom I'm again in the pains of childbirth, I'll I'll go through agony until genuine birth, if you like, until Christ is formed in you. That's what drives him. if you're taking notes or it just maybe for the, for the record, Romans 8, 28, he says pretty much the same thing. Galossians uh, chapter 1, verses 27 to 29, we, we labor, so I labor with all the energy I have and his inspiration to present you perfect in Christ, fully formed in Christ. Or it, look, this uh, in Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians, he says... Um, from verse 11, let me just read this bit out to you. So Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, you know, kind of established what we know as the church, the foundations of the church, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, it's literally truthing, truthing. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's, that's a long version in, in Ephesians 4. That's a long version of what he just says in a few words here in Galatians 4. Until Christ is formed in you. Until God the Father looks down on us 
And, and if you like, instead of imparted righteousness, that's when he, he, he looks on us sinful human beings and he sees us robed in Jesus' righteousness, the impartation of Jesus' righteousness, and he, he looks upon us as righteous. And what Paul is praying here, urging, pleading, is that God the Father would look down on us not with imparted righteousness, but with imputed righteousness until we have become Jesus, until what God the Father sees is Jesus himself in us. And because we recognize the gift of impartation, oh wow, I am not worthy to wear the robe of Christ. So they wear the ring on the finger, the sandals on the feet to be a son of the living God so I receive this and what 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 won't I do in order to become what he's called me to be we, we were singing that earlier do, do you sometimes if I'm honest I'm sitting there thinking golly those are big things to sing <laughs> every time I open my mouth miracles happen wow um. <laughs> but that's what he's that's the calling that's the calling and so I looked at I look to live in the reality of that calling, that aspiration. That's what's behind Christ formed in you. And Paul is longing for that in his dear children until Christ is formed in you, until slice me and I bleed Jesus. Push me and I spill Jesus. Think about that. Every time you're provoked, you're nudged, you're triggered in this coming week, it's bound to happen. An email, a phone call, conversation. Someone just knocks you on the tube. What's your immediate reaction? Defendedness or, or love? Patience? What are the fruits? Joy, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Until Christ is formed in you. That is, that's, what, that's what's fueling Paul here. But maybe the Galatians are saying, Paul, you know, it's only circumcision. It's just, a, it's kind of a thing. It's sore for a few days, I imagine. And then, you know, on we go. <laughs> it's not a big deal. It's just a, this food and that food or that law. That, it's just a few things. The peripheral, the marginal. This isn't a big deal. That's what really gets Paul. And we've seen this earlier. No, if, because if, it's just, if you like the tip of the iceberg, if you, if you go with that, you're, you're actually indicating the whole thing. You're sliding back into the whole of Judaistic practice. Christ has come to completely fulfill that. It's Christ or nothing. And so he warns them in chapter 5 and verse 9 with a, a sort of proverb of the time. That's why it's in that inverted commas. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Uh, biblically, interestingly, biblically, uh, when the analogy of yeast is used quite often, um, it's, it's negative. It's a, it's a bad thing. We, which we have to sort of get our head around a little bit. Um, there's a parable Jesus tells where it is positive, but, um, and we would receive it as positive because you put yeast into the dough and that's what makes it rise as bread. That's a good thing. Um, but, but biblically here, uh, often it's, it's a negative thing. That it's, so you have to imagine yeast, yeast as a, as a, you know, a sour or poisonous thing that impacts the whole batch. Tiny bit of yeast, the whole batch of dough. 
since we're in the middle of the Euros, I'm, I think I'm allowed this little... So do, do, do you remember the... Those of you who are into your, into your knockout stages of the Euros 2021, um, Spain versus Croatia. Any, any nods of recognition with that game? Spain versus Croatia. Can anyone tell me how Croatia came about their first goal? A little bit of audience participation. It was the own goal. It was a, just a really innocuous pass back, and the keeper just completely fluffed his lines. He just took his eye off. It was so casual. It was just a pass back from a defender. And, and he, so he just took his eye off the ball as he looked up to see where he was going to pass it. He just let it run over his foot and into the, into the goal. If you just Google it, it's on YouTube now, you'll easily find it. Uh, Croatia versus Spain. And the first goal, complete, the goalkeeper, unbelievable mistake. Here's the thing, because that goalkeeper is the best goalkeeper in Spain. That's why he's playing for the Spanish. He's a brilliant goalkeeper. He's a brilliant footballer. He's better than any of us at keeping goal. But he made one mistake, and it, 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 the score wasn't Croatia 1, goalkeeper 0. It was Croatia 1, Spain 0. The whole of the team. One tiny mistake from one player. Whole team affected. And, and, and Paul is kind of making this point here. Pay attention to the little stuff if it leads you away from Christ, because the little stuff has cataclysmic implications. Spain went on to win. Just in case you were. We did this morning. Um, so in the morning service, we say, hey, guys, tune in to the evening because we'll, we'll try and expand and unpack the passage in a way that we can't in the morning. So that's what we say. We say the morning, tune in to the evening. And so to the evening, what I say is, you know, the kind of all-age uh, worship for everyone illustration that we did. I had a, a couple, Aki and Ify. Um, Aki's on our PCC. Uh, and Ify, we baptized their little girl, um, Ara. And I got them standing at the back. And um, if, if this church is almost exactly on an east-west axis, wonderfully orthodox in that way. So that's the east end. And it, if you stand but the doors at the back and you have a compass, had two, they each had a compass. And if you walk on a bearing, it's just off actually. So this is 92 degrees to the cross. And so I had uh, uh, Iffy, wasn't it, was on, walking on a bearing of 92 degrees. And I had Aki walking on a bear, bearing of 90 degrees, exactly due east. And I got, I got them walking off. And after 10 paces, they were, okay, stop. And sort of had to clear this. Just, and they, they could still, they were beginning to veer off, but they could still hold each other's hand. And then they kept on walking. By the time they came to front, Ify was still walking on her bearing straight towards here, 92 degrees. But Aki on exactly due east, 90 degrees, and he was heading into the pulpit. And they were that far apart, they couldn't hold hands. They, it was only two degrees off. The 360 degrees in a full circle. And they were only two degrees off. After 10 paces, they were touching distance. That didn't make much difference. But the further they walked, the further away they... If they carried on walking, one of them would have been in Eastbourne and the other in Dover. Just two degrees. But if we don't pay attention to just two degrees, Paul is saying... This is what happens. That's why he's pleading. Guys, realize this now before it's too late. Before you walk away from the Lord. Jesus is our true bearing. Jesus is our true bearing. And he calls us to walk with him. That is what it is for Christ to be formed in us as we walk with him we stick so close to him 
someone that I know is ordained, um, here's a challenge, Louis, for, for you particularly, for Will. I, actually, but it's for everyone, priesthood of all believers. But this guy's he's been ordained 25 years. He celebrated his, it's a sort of, because they get ordinations happen at the same time each year. So, Louis, your, your, your ordination. And this was the 25th anniversary of his ordination. He, he, didn't, he just wrote a little note. He said, I love Jesus more than ever. I got to, I'll be honest with you, I was quite challenged by that. I thought, gosh, you know, if I, my, an anniversary of my ordination, and would I be able to, honestly, all of my heart say, I love Jesus more than ever? Can I, as I rest, I'm wrestling with that question, can I throw the question to you as well? Rhetorical question, don't need to. You know. <laughs> but do you love Jesus more than ever? Is, is Christ, in other words, is Christ being formed, being formed in you? Or did you have a great year three years ago? Or a brilliant month last year? Or an interesting five minutes last week? And, and then it's drifting off. Because you see, in that time that we, 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 we don't pay attention to Jesus, we start paying attention to all sorts of other things. In the office culture and the work culture and just the 21st century culture that we live in, where kind of truth is, ah, you know, your truth, my truth, let's redefine what truth is. So how do I tell the truth or be the truth in a culture that doesn't know what truth is? So, so I start to I tell a little white light. Look, it's not that I want to deliberately deceive you, it's just it, it's a bit complicated to explain the total truth, so I'll just take a shortcut. <sighs> But then the next time we do that, and the next time we do that, and the next time, and if we don't check the bearing, we're two degrees off, and we're walking, and we're walking, and we're walking. And if we don't check the bearing, and look at our ultimate destination, check the bearing, and look at our ultimate destination, we drift. 25 years into ordination, this guy, I love Jesus more than ever. Until Christ is formed in you, do you love Jesus more than ever? How will I know? How will I know if I'm loving Jesus more than ever? Well, we'll, we'll come on as we come into land, as the expression has it, on the letter to the Galatians in the next few weeks there's this wonderful list it's quite well known towards the end of chapter 5 of the fruit of the spirit but it's just interesting before that in the bit we read um, chapter 5 13 you brothers and sisters were called to be free but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled it's not Judaism, don't tick the boxes, circumcised, food laws, yeah. and you don't add that on to Jesus. No, Jesus has fulfilled the whole thing. He's, he's created a new way of being. We're not going back to normal. We're prophetically working out what it is to live for Jesus, formed in us, in a world and amidst men and women who are desperate for reality, truth, meaning, purpose, so that their lives match God himself, so that he looks and sees us and Christ in us. 
The entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you too will be destroyed by each other. How do we know what formed in Christ looks like? It's when we serve one another. It's really, it's really moving on uh, Thursday. Louis mentioned that we had a barbecue around the, uh, just in the vicarage and we, had, uh, we invited all those who lead a ministry in the church. There's so many more of you we could, you know, if we'd invited everyone on team and everyone who helps or serves as someone, there's so many people. So we, we just had those who head up the ministries. Uh, but that was still, you know, a decent, decent number. And we just invited people to, to share just a little snippet of what's been going on. So moving to see what God is doing as, uh, as a church. Christ forming in us an expression of that is that we serve one another. We love neighbors as ourselves. Really interesting, the serving one another. Uh, tomorrow night the PCC is meeting and, and uh, we, we conduct our business down the PCC. We get the, the sort of the important stuff, the weighty stuff is kind of done uh, around some subcommittees. They report into the PCC. So we have sort of reports and they're received um, in the first part of the meeting and it's cleared space for the elected leadership, your representatives, to um, talk about key areas of church ministry and life and mission. So we've talked about what is church as we emerge out of the pandemic. Uh, We've talked about prayer. How are we doing in terms of our prayer um, corporately, individually as a church? We've looked at what it is to to be formed into the image of Christ. What does it look like to grow? What what might we look to do? There's going to be some resources to that end coming out to help us to grow in the likeness of Christ. Tomorrow, we're looking at at our kind of volunteer culture. Because an observation, just as an observation we've made is that actually we've got lots of people who volunteer for stuff out there. The loving the neighbor, which is fantastic. And I would argue, Paul is arguing, I think, I would interpret that Paul is arguing is an expression of Christ being formed in us. But what's interesting is, is how we struggle for volunteers to serve one another, to, to, if you like, serve the house. We've got a waiting list for people who want to help on Glassdoor, which is amazing. But we really struggle for some reason to get people who will serve on the welcome team on a Sunday, even though most of us are coming to church anyway, which is is a puzzle. Or or to help, even though we had a show of hands the other day, um, how many of you came to faith in your teenage years, or or in your teenage years, your faith was significantly uh, quickened or or firmed up, and and about 75% in the room at the time put their hand up, and you think, well, so that's a really, we all recognize that's a really critical time, yet trying to get people to help on the children or youth team a vital stage in Christian development when, when we have those young lives are like sponges for, for Christ to be formed in them and it seems, it seems to be a bit more of a struggle so we're going to explore that as a PCC freedom for Christ to be formed in us so that we might love our neighbour and serve one another Serving will be costly sometimes. 
in, in terms of time, in terms of energy, in terms of commitment, in terms of I'm going to put those dates in the diary. But maybe that's what it looks like for us as a church if we take on this passion that Paul had for the Galatians we, we assume that for ourselves here at St. Dee's to serve one another and to love your neighbour I love that, the, the, that little stat there's more people there's a waiting list on the glass door which is, which is so good I, but I wonder about the, the call to love neighbour as an expression of Christ being formed in us. I, I, I wonder whether Bishop Graham actually encourages us to take that literally, just li- not the people who you'd like to spot who live vaguely around you, but actually your neighbor who's actually next door. And you say, well, you no, know, I live in a kind of the flat I live in or the, the block I live in, it's really difficult to get to know them, you know. Well, maybe that's where we have to make the effort. Who, who is your neighbor? Maybe in the, in the desk next to you, in the department next to you, when we spend so much time at work, but actually we've been spending a lot of time at home, many of us. So who is your neighbor and how is God calling you to love your neighbor? And, and I, I, I say that to us because we, you know, we're, we're very homogenous here and I, just pointing out the obvious in, in this service in particular we, I'm looking out now most of the faces are white most of the faces are young I'm guessing that most of us are kind of tertiary educated or equivalent uh, kind of professional people which is fantastic because God loves all of those types of people <laughs> but that isn't an accurate representation of the church and God loves and longs for a church that is not full of PLUs people like us And we can slip into thinking, this is it. It's great worship, teaching prayer, social chat. Um, I can play in a cricket team that wins all the time if I come to some D's. Great, brilliant, all good. But actually, to be wonderfully, truly authentic, I wonder whether our church expression, our gathering on a Sunday, needs to include some of the mums that uh, Joe, my wife, and Emily Martin, who've been working on Safe Families and Kids Matter, they're encountering there. Uh, they'll just be different from us. Love your neighbor as yourself is a summation of, of the, the law that Christ has fulfilled, and it's Christ who Paul is longing to be formed in us. My dear children, for whom I'm again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How are we doing on that walk on the bearing? Where is it that this week I need to check in with how I'm doing, where the bearing is? Am I, am I, am I lined up with Christ in the way in which I think? in terms of my priorities and how I spend the money that God gives me or the time that is granted to me or the resources, the skills, the experience that I've accumulated thanks to his grace and generosity. Am I walking on his bearing closer to him, more in love with him 
than ever I have been. And where I discern I might be drifting, just step by step, maybe a degree, two degrees, that's all. But where I discern things are slipping, sliding, I'm drifting. What action will I take? Who, who, who will I bravely, courageously share that with, invite them into my life to, to journey with me and encourage me back on the path to walk on the bearing that enables Christ to be formed into me? Let's pause for a moment. As we hear the passion of Paul to the Galatians, as we receive that same sense of urgency by the Spirit for ourselves, for those that we lead, for those that lead alongside us, that as individuals and as a church, we'd walk by the Spirit, we'd keep in step with the Spirit until people coming in would say of us, oh, Christ is being formed in you. just slide off the stage. I'm going to kind of hand over to Will and Louis as the, as the, uh, the team are here. They're going to lead us in worship. It's, it's 10 past. We've got, we've got a good 10, 15 minutes or so. Um, Will and Louis, they may just bring a sort of formal break to proceedings if that allows those of us who need to get away or want to get away, you, you can slide away, but we won't be rushing off. I'd really encourage you to, to lean into God, to check your compass, <laughs> Make sure you're walking on the bearing with Jesus. To fall in love with him again. To allow the spirit to fan that into flame. Let's, let's make the most of these next 10, 15 minutes as these guys lead us in worship as we enjoy and encounter the spirit of God ministering amongst us. We'd love the space at the side. I'm sure we can have one or two just to, to pray. I know we're masks on and we can't physical distance all that, but we can still stand with one another, pray for one another and with one another. So let's make the most of this opportunity. Amen.